Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? Got me and Sir Trenton of Gill in the studio. And I got a Red Bull. I got some wings on. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's going to be super excited for this one <laughs> if he doesn't fall out of the chair. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Too much caffeine. Man, it'd be all right. I fly back up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's not worried about me because I drink absor- uh, uh, huh? a... Is it an absorbent amount? Absorbent amount? I think that would be what it's called, maybe. Mm. Or just a, a plethora? How about that? I'll use that. You don't even know what the plethora is. It is a plethora <laughs> of caffeine. <laughs> I have a plethora of caffeine. <laughs> that is how I live my life. I wake up, I drink coffee, and then throughout the day, I'll drink some water, and then I grab energy <laughs> drinks, and then drink more coffee at night. I know. Pray for me. <laughs> Well, I am sorry, Aguapo. I am not hey. as versed in the caffeine as you are. You know, you don't need to sleep, okay? Sleep's overrated. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, who does that? Okay. Weirdos. Well, anyway. Probably people who eat, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, today we want to go over and discuss actually two themes out of Matthew chapter 15, and we will be reading from... Let's see, Matthew 15, 1 to down to through 14. And the two themes that we are going to be going over in this um, episode today will be first off traditions and then words and how words and traditions kind of go hand in hand and what we learn from the words of Jesus. It is important for us as we read scripture to understand the context in which it's being spoken here, um, that Jesus is speaking to a religious audience, which we will further get into that, the historical and and the um, audience that he was speaking to. So that way we can look at the scriptures and take it and apply it uh, for today. So Trenton, you want to read, start reading? We'll do the first section from one to six. All right. Matthew 15, one to six. Here we go. So then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother, and by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Man. Yeah. I like the way that you read that. That It was like, where's Batman? (laughs) And then while Gotham was on fire. Don't you just feel like (laughs) Jesus is setting up a Batman smackdown, though? He is. Well, he's already laying it down. He kind of hit him. You know, (laughs) he was like... Hey, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Pow! He was like, all right, so I'm going to tell you what's up, Joker. Yeah, he's like, let me tell you. Okay, I'm going to set the stage for you, okay? (laughs) See, you're hollering at my boys all wrong. You're over here talking to them about this, but you and this. And this is a bigger deal to me, right? And so he, he ends up talking to them. Well, the Pharisees, let's go there. The religious come to him and ask him why his disciples are not washing their hands, right? Yeah. And so to them, it was a cleansing ritual. And different things hold different weight 
um, in the Old Covenant. And so it was like, you have cleansing rituals, and then you have, you know, main commandment rituals or, or things that you would do, right? And so then he was saying, but let's talk about you and honoring the mothers and fathers. And he tells them that this is a tradition that they have created and established. Yeah. And looking this word up in the, in the Greek, it's a paradosis, which means a tradition that is in um, in order. It's a ritual that has been given over a period of time, a precept of Jewish law uh, that is in succession. So that means that it is, is generational. So something that has been generationally handed down to be created, and that's why we use the English word tradition, and so it then becomes a tradition. So they've been doing this for a while. And so Jesus hits them because he, he, he's saying, well, they did this in one act, and they, did, they failed. And he's like, well, let's talk about your continued traditional failure that you are continuing to teach and preach to others so that they can do the same thing. Right. Which is of greater magnitude, obviously. And that's why it's a big deal, right? Because someone reading this, if you don't read it in that context— you would say, well, they're both wrong. So what's, you know, what's the big deal here? And I'm like, well, it's the gravity of the situation and the magnitude of the people that are involved, right? If it's a traditional thing, that means you have hundreds, if not thousands of people that are engaging in a practice that they think is actually godly, but it's not. Yeah. Versus one moment where one person does one act and it's like, oh, okay, they didn't clean their hands. Okay, well, we'll get on that. <laughs> we'll get on that high speed. Calm down, you know. <laughs> I mean, and just to think about it, they they literally neglected their their parents, their father and mother, claiming that they whatever they were going to use to help them, yeah, that was actually going to God. And God actually told them, "Honor your father and mother." It's actually the first commandment with, that had a promise right. to it. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminds me of uh, what is it? First Timothy something six something maybe where. Uh, they were saying if he who like abandons their own family is worse than an unbeliever, right? Yeah, something like that, right? I think that's kind of where he's going on that. He's like, right? It's kind of hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, where did it originate from? Right, it, it had to have originated from somewhere. Yeah, and that origination then has been carried down, henceforth, why it's now a tradition. Yeah. Right. It's a it's something that is continued over a period of time, which is an issue to God, and it was a tradition that was not created by God, but by man. So, all right, let's go hit up. Uh, let's do seven on down to was it fourteen? Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus continues. He says, "You hypocrites! Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you." This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And after Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. And then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if the blind man guides the blind man, both will fall into a pit. You know, yeah, 
that's like mic drop, right? <laughs> so Jesus is he's dropping the mic on it. <laughs> and uh and to put this back into context, right? The who the the people he is talking to is he's talking to the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day. And who had what? They had religious authority and prestige. They had political authority and influence. They had economic um, gifts that were given to them. They were wealthy. They were of the higher class, right? People were beneath them. So many of them, you know, would have been narcissistic, <laughs> right? And so they're they're like, oh, I'm better than everyone else. I'm doing this, and look at me. I'm a big deal. And he's sitting there, and the disciples asked him, said, they were upset with your words. Are you not? Are you not worried about their offense? He's like, no, dude, I ain't worried about them. <laughs> they're they're blind, leading the blind. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just to try to put yourself in their shoes back in that time period. I mean, that'd be like, you know, going up to the Pope nowadays. Yeah, and totally dropping the mic on this guy. Yeah, and then they're like, uh, do you not know that you completely offended him? Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, but I was giving him scripture. <laughs> that's uh, that's what's up. Wow. And you know, and and I do want to point out here because a lot of people will read this read this passage of scripture and they won't see the connection that is being made, and they'll think that well, it's just something completely different. But when you take everything together, it actually makes more sense, right? So Jesus is having this, mm-hmm. we'll say, conversation or confrontation with the religious elites, right? They're sitting there, and they are coming to him, bringing these accusations, and then he tells them, hey, check this out. What about you guys, right? Y'all are hypocrites, and you, you've you went in and created your own traditions of man and done this for years and generations, and you've continued to teach it as truth, and it's not. And then he says, it's not what goes in you, but what comes out of you, and talking about the weight of your words. Well, the words of the man, right? We talked about the the origin of the tradition. So the words of the first man who created the tradition had to be passed on, and then those words had to be spoken and passed on. Traditions have to be passed on. And how are they passed on? Through the ideologies of an individual or man through words, right? Either, either verbally <clears throat> spoken or written. And that kind of... Reminds me of Proverbs 4.23 over here. It says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, because out from it flows the springs of life. Yeah. Like, it's the center. What's at the core is coming out. Yeah. So it's... He's he's saying, you're worried about, like, all these external things. I mean, he even gets into this in Matthew chapter 23, when he's like, oh, you look good on the outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. You look good on the outside. Yep. No doubting that. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, you're a dead corpse. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and he even says in there, too, he's like, hey, you say a lot with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Yeah. So it's like, and you can even use your words, but have the wrong, right? Like you say, motive matters. <laughs> We've done that a bunch, right? <laughs> yeah. Motive matters. It does. And a lot in scripture. Why? Because you can say something and your actions and your motives tell another story. In situations where... You could say something or start something. It's better to hold your peace on those things in your words and to get your motives right in alignment with God and then have your words hold the weight and the authority of truth. Mm. Here's some scriptural backing on that. Proverbs 17, 27 to 28 says, 
He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he, when he closes his lips, he's considered prudent. So sometimes it's just better to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the silent man's not creating traditions that's going to be anti-Christ. Right. Right? Because these traditions, that's what they were. And today, for our own application, it's like we can... We've we've heard and seen things that individuals have said and spoken into doctrine and traditions that are anti-scriptural and anti-God, and they continue to say them out of their mouth like they're facts. And it's like, well, yeah, everybody knows this, and, you know, spew it. And it's like, well, that's an opinion. That's actually not scripture. And we always have to go back, and it doesn't matter who says it. You know, I tell everybody, I was like, hey, you think we're saying something wrong? Go into Scripture. Yeah. Go to Scripture. If it's not in the Word of God, then, I mean, if it's if it's in the Word of God, I want it. If it's not, I don't want that. So anything that, that is being spoken needs to be judged and weighted. And I, I would encourage all believers in the body of Christ, regardless of how many years an individual has been preaching, teaching, whatever, are you telling me they can't have a year or a season where they're not 100% and they're not using the wrong motive? I'm like... Come on, we're all we're all human here, right? Mm. So we always need to be sitting there going, "Is that is that the word? Is that what the word says?" Right? Like if I hear a teaching and a message, and it's like, "Hey, you know what? When you become a believer, you'll never have any hard times or difficulties. You'll be prosperous and have all of these millions of dollars. Just give your life to Jesus." I can look at that and be like, that's crazy. <laughs> Why? Because I got about 20 scriptures popping off in my head right now that says, wait, persecutions, trials, tribulations are going to come. They persecuted Christ. They're going to persecute us. The religious were Absolutely. the ones that heavily came after Christ and persecuted him. This is an, this is an account right here. The religious are coming after him. Yeah. They're trying to nitpick on something petty and small, and then all of a sudden he hits them with a, well, look at you. Check this out. And then he teaches them, and he's like, this is this is what's up. Your traditions, because of the words that you say and what you have spoken, and these these have been the issues. And the disciples are like, are you upset that you, you know, got them offended? No, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm not worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. And God does this a lot. Well, Jesus especially, it always comes back to, it is written. Right. That's yeah. the plumb line. And you actually yeah. see that in the Old Testament a lot. Mm-hmm. God always says... We're gonna we're gonna set this against the plumb line. Yep. We're gonna see how you stand. We're gonna see if you're in alignment. We're gonna see if you're uh, who you say you are. We'll see if your words check out, kind of thing. And yep. James chapter three verses one to twelve. He he talks about this. Your tongue is like yeah. the rudder, the rudder, like yeah. of the ship, mm-hmm. and it's like directing your path and everything. Absolutely. And. You know, these traditions started somewhere. Right. So where yeah. did they start? Right. With a word. Yeah. Well, and if your rudder is off course, it's going to wreck your ship, you know? And uh, I always th- I always think to myself, how many people mm-hmm. refuse to abandon a lie that they believe in because of the amount of time, effort, and energy that they invested into it? Oh, man, yeah. That I mean, you know, and we've heard that old adage— Right. Once you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to keep up with that lie. And then before you know it, you've weaved such a web of lies that you can't remember all of them. And yeah. then it's like, 
dude, that's what is your what what at the end of that is your life, right? And that's why it's important as Christians, as believers, we sit there and we say, hold up, I want to be directed and driven by truth. I want to be driven and, and, and directed by transparency and openness. If we're in the body of Christ, we're in the body of Christ. Well, hey, there's nothing to hide. Be open. Be transparent. Be lifting one another up. Be building one another up. Realizing that we are in a real battle against a principality, power, and darkness of this mm-hmm. world that is coming against us. Yeah, and even if you don't have malicious intentions, it's easy to get out of alignment. Yeah. And then that sometimes that's where those false traditions start. Yeah. Because they'll be like... Well, it seems like a good idea, but um, and then they just keep doing it, but then it builds off of each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's a slow shift and turn, a little bit of layer at a time, yeah. until they've created this little mountain or this pillar mm-hmm. that they now idolize. And they're like, "That's just how we've always done it." But why? That's how we've always done it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that, yeah, and that goes back to, you know, talking about the words and the traditions. It's like, well, then. When somebody says something and they base it off of, say, a tradition, if your backing of what you are justifying is based out of tradition and not the Word of God, that is not a valid argument. No. You can't say, well, we've been doing this for a long time, so that's why it's right. Are you kidding me? Like, is it against the Bible? Because I can show you a lot of things that w- that have been going on in, in the world and the history for a long time that's not God. I mean... The what is uh, grave robbing and prostitution are like the two uh, oldest occupations. Are you kidding me? Well, they've been doing that for a long time. Must be good, right? Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, what even are you if you about? set it into a small scenario, right? Right. Like, uh, okay, just for example, like a Catholic church. Stand up. Sit down. Stand up. Sit down. This that. I mean, there's all this stuff they they tell you to do. Right. Nobody knows. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I, I've talked to a lot of people and I've asked them like, hey, man, I've always been curious about, you know, the rosary beads and things of that nature. Like, can you explain this to me? And they're like, I don't know. I was just told to do it. And I'm like, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing? No. I'm like, oh, OK. I mean, I had to go and do research and actually find out and be like, oh, OK. Now I see, you know, and I'm looking at it and then I'm comparing that with scripture. And I'm like, uh, I can see how this is can deviate very quickly, right? And it's a small thing, just like that rudder on the ship, right? It can be a small deviation, which doesn't look like a lot in the beginning. Right. But then given time, deviates off course tremendously, right? Thinking of of a large ship, right? Large ship, that rudder, it might be a degree. Well, a degree might not be that big a deal in 100 feet or 200 feet, but you give it 10 miles, mm, well, that, that's a big deal. You're, <laughs> you're in a different state. <laughs> yeah, you're in a different area, bud. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've been cruising the wrong way for a while, and it can just be a degree. I think that uh, for all the listeners, as as you contemplate and you're in prayer and you're thinking about, you know, why, you know, and me and Trenton have said this a lot too, you know, challenge the traditions that you are in and say, well, am I doing this because it's biblically based or is it because it's man's tradition? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't mean you're angry or upset or you're rioting or whatever. You're just saying, why do I do that? You know? I mean, even prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Prayer can be just a repetitious thing that you do and it not have any—your motives and your heart isn't even in it. Yeah. Then it's like, hey, man, maybe you need to stop praying like that 
and start praying like this. Right. Right? Like being transparent and open and having communication and dialogue with God. Right? Look in the scripture. How does Jesus tell us to pray? Right? Exactly. And I don't mean looking at the scripture and just being like, well, I'm going to just pray this prayer every day like that, you know? Because then that can be a vain, (laughs) repetitious prayer, which Christ told us himself not to do. He's like, hey, don't do that. But like this, (laughs) this is a model for you to use. You know, and certain things that you should be considering when you are communicating with God. <laughs> yeah, a prayer is an excellent example. Yeah. I like, do you clasp your hands together when you pray? Right. If you do, why do you do why that? Why do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> do you close your eyes and bow your head? <laughs> yeah. Why do you do that? And some will say, well, that's in reverence and awe to God. Well, when I'm on the ministry line, I do not do that because that's when you get knocked out, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I've had too many close calls on that. I keep my eyes open when I pray. <laughs> They're like, yeah. what? I'm like, yeah. I've done both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Depends on the time. It's It feels right to because it keeps me free from distraction. I'm doing it intentionally. Uh, sometimes my eyes are wide open because I'm, like, looking at the beauty of his surrounding landscape that he's created, and I'm just in awe while I'm praying. Yeah. You know, it just depends. Yeah. Man's tradition. Yeah. Well, and I mean, let's just take a more recent um, example, and we're not talking big, giant, doctrinal, or theological things. Let's just talk about suits, right? Oh, let's, geez. let's bring this up. <laughs> now, in the last hundred years— I'll say 100 years, because predating 100 years, suits really weren't even a big deal, Like, nor were they really in existence. I mean, you could fight the case and say, well, they had tailors in England and blah, 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 but it's like, go back, okay? So you go back, and it's like the creation of suits and everything else. Then there was this thought, right, that was established through the church that if you were a holy man, you had a suit, and you were clean-shaven. And you had to, you know, talk a certain way, look a certain way, be a certain height. Be I'm serious. Yeah. And, and you know, you're laughing because you know it's true. And mm-hmm. you could look through history, and there is still remnants of that in today's society. And I'm not anti-suit. I like suits. I look good in a suit. Just you know. <laughs> kind of like James Bond yeah, with a beard. Know, hey, what's up? Yeah, a, a bearded dude in a suit. I mean, that's you know, that's cool. So uh, I don't wear them often, you know, mostly for ceremonies and different things like that because I find them uncomfortable uh, versus for my landscape in which I'm in. So it's hard to chop a tree down in a three-piece suit, you know what I mean? But kudos <laughs> to like, you if yeah. you do. Dude's out there in a suit. <laughs> a spotless suit at that. sweating <laughs> to death. <laughs> Pray for him. Give him water, not caffeine. <laughs> He's got enough caffeine anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just the suits, right? So there are still people that believe that based on your outward appearance on what you look like and how you dress determines the level of holiness. Yeah. When Scripture tells us that holiness comes from Christ, right? It's imputed. It That righteousness is imputed. Why? Because He is the only one who is holy. He's the only one who is righteous. And then as we become new transformed creations in Christ— and we start working out that sanctification process, then that is, and what is it? Back to motive matters, right? As your heart then begins to develop and get pure, Mm -hmm. then that is where the holiness is actually exemplified and not through what you are physically wearing on you. Hmm. All of this just makes me realize no one is above reproach. No one is above reproach. Everyone should be held accountable. The ultimate authority is the Lord. So... 
there comes a time when we all need to put into question what is being taught, if it is actually scriptural, or if it's just a tradition. Everything needs to be met with the plumb line, the standard. Yes, yeah, right. And you could say, well, what is your definition of holiness? And they'll say, well, you're clean. You got a clean look about you. You have a clean shave. You walk away. You talk a certain way. You know the Christianese. And I'd be like, all those are superficial things. You can fake that and be such a heathen. It's not even funny. You know how many people get found out later on? It's like they did all those things and people thought they were super holy. And it's like, no, man. That I mean, recent ministries, mm. you know, after ministers have passed and they find out stuff that, you know, was hidden. Don't want to mention certain things. I think people, if they're in the community, they probably know. But, you know, it's like, and that you're talking someone who authored books, did conferences, like was world-renowned and known, and then these issues come up that were hidden. And it's like, man, you looked good, and you did stuff, and his, and it was solid teaching, you know? And it's like, what? where did that rudder deviate? Mm-hmm. Motive matters. It does. And it was all through, you know, the words and the traditions and those things that were built up. Why? To look good like this on the external. Yeah. And holding true to those traditions and not to the eternal word of God, creating their own words because he had to make manifest those decisions. How did he do that? Through his words. Yes, I want to engage in this activity. Yes, I want to own this thing that is illegal and inappropriate, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, well, you engaged in that. How'd you do that? Through words, deeds, and actions, which were driven by what? Your motives. And there is a leader. I don't know. You might be referring to the same one. Yeah. But there is a, uh, he was very famous, you know, well-known. There's a leader, and he actually could have prevented all that because they actually asked to check his phone at one point, and he denied that request, and... uh basically said that you are overstepping your boundaries into my authority. Yeah. And if yeah, different he leader but same yeah, same scenarios. <laughs> yeah. And if I he mean there's so many examples right? to accountability. Yes. Yeah. That all could have been prevented. Right. So. Could have started there. Could have could have readjusted the rudder there, you yeah. know. And so that's why today we just encourage you that you would evaluate and ask the Holy Spirit to lead guide and direct you. And to if there's even one degree in your rudder, to get that realignment so that you can step into those things God has for you. Yep. Well, we love you. Have a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.